the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The information on this show is not intended to be the primary basis for investment decisions and should not be used to provide financial advice. Please obtain the guidance of a financial professional regarding your particular financial concerns. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. This program reflects the views of Arif Halabi, California Insurance License 0B93792 of TFS Financial Insurance Services. TFS Financial Insurance Services, California Insurance License Number 0F22477, provides retirement income strategies using insurance and annuity products, which are guaranteed by the claims-paying ability of the issuing company. Financial security will help you live the life you dream. Learn about financial power. Hey, welcome to the show, the Total Financial Hour. Thanks for being with me this morning. Very happy to have you as part of our show. It's nice to, to oh, I hope, learn a little bit. And throughout the week, you try to, to gain knowledge in different areas. And then sometimes we settle down on the weekends. And sometimes the knowledge and the information just flows, doesn't it? Uh, literally take a look around and, and see the flood of, of uh, new things happening. It almost seems like we're, we're creating another government. You, you know, the FDR, right, with all these food programs and, and uh, the giveaways. It, it's scary. And for a lot of conservatives, for a lot of people that kind of believe that the, the system is in place to have less government, you know, give me whenever there's a choice, more government or less government, give me less more freedom, less freedom. Give me more freedom, right? So, I, so I think a lot of us have to figure out where you get that basis of knowledge from. Otherwise, what ends up happening is you're just a subject, right? Like a subject of the king or the queen, or you're a member of the Communist Party, because a, a lot of your retirement, a lot of your focus of your financial life, depends on where you live. You could end up paying a lot in taxes, which means you're going to be supporting a system like in California, Governor Gavin Newsom just gave millions of dollars to illegal aliens. Millions. I don't know if you figured it out yet, guys, but you you really have to stand up. I mean, I think you can sit around and wait for a while, right? Nobody wants to be inconvenienced after all. The Daily Double is coming up next or, or you know, the price is right or right. We've got stuff we want to do. But I think you're going to have to stand up a little bit. I think you're going to have to write letters, get on chats, uh, be involved. Because otherwise nobody else is going to care because everybody wants your stuff. Now, if you don't have anything and your goal is to take from others, OK, we'll take. Then just expect that to happen. Right. Everybody's a victim. The last thing I want you to do is to be a victim. So I'm going to go over a couple of things with you. Knowledge is out there, right? It used to be that in order to gain knowledge, you would have to send your child off to school. That's why wealthy people could afford to not have their children work in the factory or the fields or the farm, and they would be tutored, and their little hands would be pampered, right? They wouldn't get a callus on their hand, and they would bring in the educators. It was called homeschooling back then. Right, it's like what do you what do they call food? What do they call Chinese food in China? 
food. What did they call homeschooling back in the in the uh, time when there was only that? Uh, schooling. It was just called schooling. There was no homeschooling. Right? The king, the queen, the nobleman, they would bring in others to teach their kids. This is important because knowledge was kept from you unless you could save up enough money or go into debt to send your child off to school. All of you bought into that. We thought that was a fair deal. I'll take that. Right? And, and families for generations would save up enough money and send one child to school. Who? The oldest boy or the oldest girl? Yeah, think about it. The oldest boy, right? Sends the oldest boy off to college. Everybody else puts their heads down, goes back to work in the fields or the factories. Maybe the kids have learned to read and write, probably. Maybe the seventh grade, eighth grade, something like that. But we need you in the farm. You can't be working out anywhere else, going back to school. It's one less body in the farm. But if they could, and they did, send one child off, that oldest boy, they would check their watch. Three, four, five years later, here he would show up. And everybody would gather and say, wow, what did you learn? What information is out there? And they would share with you. You see, that information transfer was very slow. It took decades to educate, quote, a town. Because you'd have to send somebody out a couple of years later, three, four, five years, they return. Send somebody out, they return. Then they start teaching other people. And then there's a small school, right? That's the way it was. Bartering was the way of commerce. Today, information comes to you for free, by the way. You know, you have to deal with some pop-up ads and other things. But basically, information is free now. You get your free government phone, right? We used to call it the Obama phone because he really spearheaded giving away free cell phones. You can go to corners, and they're usually in gas station parking lots. And you could see them in inner city or, or urban areas. And they have free phone. And they pay the gas station owner, I don't know, however many dollars, the manager a few bucks, to set up a table in the corner. And they give away the free Obama phones or whatever they're, they're called these days. And so you and your family... Look, the information is free. Now they're saying, give us your free iPads, your old iPads, so we can get, get them out to other people. The information, in my opinion, should not be paid for like the old days. If you're taking a student loan to go to college, look, I care about you, but I'm not seeing you face-to-face, so I can be a little bit straight and you think I'm speaking to the other guy, right? But if when it's one-on-one, I have to be a bit more gentle because I don't want to hurt your feelings. I don't want to be a jerk, Right? When people say, oh, I'm brutally honest. No, you're just brutal. So just try being nice and honest. That would be a great thing. So when I'm with you, that's my goal. But here I have to tell you, and whether you take it or you think I'm speaking to the guy next to you in the car or or down the street in the other house, you have to ask yourself, why am I taking out a loan to get something I can get for free? And then you're going to fill in the blanks. Well, the the college experience... Okay, so I was a Los Angeles policeman around Cal State Northridge and UCLA. <clears throat> Both great schools. Get it. Got it. No problem. Good people. Yeah. Wonderful. And if you saw the college experience that I saw, not the calls I was called to, but what I saw is, quote, the college experience, you might think twice about sending your kid there. And heaven forbid your son isn't accused of some sort of uh, and I'm not talking about just those schools. They're great universities. I'm talking about universities in general. 
right? The the allegations when when someone is uh, scorned as a scorned lover and the poor young man is accused, or a young woman is is uh, righteously hurt and attacked. College experience, huh? You have to ask yourself, why am I sending my kids to college? Now, look, you have to get an education if you're going to be a teacher or an engineer. I get it. But most of you are not going to be that. Doctor, okay, yeah, send them to school. But you work. You work during the summers. You work in the summer breaks. You work before. You take a year off. Go to community college first. But if you have the cash saved, then spend it. I'm happy for you. I want you to be able to buy what you want when you or someone you loved worked hard for that money and now it's your turn to spend it. Fantastic. I'm not speaking to you. I'm speaking to people that go into generational debt so that they can what? Create a job? Well, very quickly with the magic wand, Governor Newsom says you're not essential and that's it. It's over. You're like, but, but you don't understand. My education said I was essential. They said I was a, a smart guy. The doctor said, right? The school said I was a good person. So I really want you to kind of go over this and say, how are you going to create the numerous ways to learn and not go into debt? Well, look, I, I brought up a few, and that's not this particular show. But what I I want to encourage you is is something I'm seeing more lately. For folks that still have a job, fantastic. If you don't have a job, give us a call at 888-99-RETIRE. 888-99-RETIRE, 888-997-3847. Why? Your old retirement account may need to be moved, and we might be able to help you. We could find a place that gives you guaranteed, reliable retirement income away from the craziness of the market, away from the ups and downs of what's happening in Wall Street and give you guarantees and security, if you will, without ever running out of money. Right? That's, that could be part of the plan. could be some things that you want to do. Stay away from, from risk. Stay away from the, the volatility. So if that is something that you need or want to do, we might be able to help. Right? Triple eight ninety nine retire Okay, so the questions today when it comes to your retirement accounts is what are the right things to do with your 401k? There are options. What are some of the options? Number one, you need to understand the matching program. Okay, what is a matching program? It means you go to work, you put in money, your employer puts in money. Now, if you've had these established for a while, you kind of figure it out. There's a matching, 6%. Usually it goes something like this, 50% of the first 6%, which means if you have 6% that you put in of your salary, they will put in 3%, which, you know, 50%. So they put in half of what you put in up to 6%. So if you only put in four, they will put in two. If you put in five, they put in two and a half. If you put in six, they put in 3%. But if you put in 10%, they're still going to only put in three. That's the maximum. So I want to encourage you to change your allocations if you want to take advantage of that on your 401k forms from dollars to percentages. Because if you say, I'm putting in $200 a check, that may not be enough to get the free money from the, from the company. Oh, Eric, a lot of companies, my company, they stopped 
matching. Yeah, they did for now, but they're not going to, not forever. They will go back. And I want you to be positioned to take advantage of all the free money you're going to get from the company and have that deposited in your retirement account. Because depending on how long you've been there, it could have 100% vesting, which means vesting, like you know, wearing a bulletproof vest or a, a three-piece suit with the vest, right? A vest, same word, different meaning. A vesting program means you have to be at the company for five years or three. There's different types of vesting. Let's talk about the most common. It's a five-year vesting, meaning if you start today and I put money in your retirement account and you quit tomorrow, you don't get to take that money with you. Okay, it's not yours yet. You didn't earn it. You have to earn it by staying at my employment for five years. But every single year that passes, you earn 20% of that number. So in other words, you would be 20% vested after one year, 40% vested after two years. Okay, so the vesting program means you put in money, they put in money, but you're not entitled to the cash until you have been there for the full vesting period. There are two types. The three-year, which means nothing until the third year is over, and then 100% of it, it's all yours. They do that a lot with retail and with restaurant workers because often people will be there for a very short time. So we'll match, says the employer. I'm going to put money in, but if you leave me in two and a half years, you don't get any of it. So they're very cautious about it because it's money that is gone forever. But for you as the employee, there's a benefit. They want you to stay, right? It's a win-win. If you stay, you get the money. If you stay, I get experienced people working for me and, you know, the change. But there are a couple of different types of 401ks or company retirement plans. Now, 401 parentheses K. Really educated. Let's be simple. That's where it's found in the IRS code. You go to the IRS code. 401 subsection K. There it is. And it basically says if you work for a for-profit company, you can put money into a retirement plan. Now, if you work for a school district, hospital, research facility, yours is called a 403B. Okay, so if you work for a city, state, county agency, yours is called a 457. In Los Angeles County, it's called Horizons. Okay. If you work for the federal government, it's called a Thrift Savings Plan or TSP. All right. I'm sharing that with you because they all operate the same. You have one that is pre-tax and one that is post-tax. All right. Let's be clear about this. If I go to work, I make $10,000 and I put $2,000 into my retirement account. I only pay tax on eight. Simple, right? That $2,000 stays there. It earns interest. Hopefully there was a matching. When I retire and where I retire, the earnings, the matching, and that $2,000, all of it is a taxable event to me when I take it out. That means I'm going to take out the money to live on, and that's increasing my tax bracket if I'm earning other money. So you and your family have to think about this. Where am I going to retire? When am I going to retire? What are the tax brackets going to be like? When am I going to access these funds? All right, so this matters. You have to be careful with this because the idea of having some or part of these monies delayed in, you know, set aside in an account for 10 or 20 or 30 years, you have to be okay with that. 
because if you pull it out early, you will pay a fee, most likely. Right? There's some exclusions we're talking about in general. So if you pull it out early, you say, hey, you know what? Send me a check. Hey, I want to buy a car. Hey, I'd like, to. well, you can borrow from it in many cases, but it's a taxable event. So this is not a put in the money and take out the money account. It's not a put and take account. It's a savings for retirement account. You know, one of the things that I did uh, recently, I was speaking at a group and, and uh, I said, look, the foundation of what you do, you have to understand, is to know where money, what the job of each dollar is. No different than a person who is a mechanic or a man who has tools in his office or a woman who has tools in her garage. You open up the door, you take a look and you see all of these tools. Now, if I was to use a, a wrench as a hammer, you would say, well, I guess you can hammer that nail and it might take a while, but you might get it in there. It's just not the right tool for the job. Oh yeah, but look at all these tools. I have $100,000 in tools. Wonderful. Great. Know when to use, what tool, and you're smart. Other than that, you're a collector. Collector of stuff. (laughs) So what happens? Very simple. A 401k is a retirement tool. It's a retirement account. It's an account that is a tool that says the purpose of my money is income after age 59 and a half. Now, it could be longer, could be shorter, you know, 55, 65, 70, whatever. But ideally, after age 59 and a half, that's really the time when all things start to come together. So if you don't use the account, if you don't use the tool for the right purpose, what ends up happening is you will pay taxes, penalties, fees, fines, 10% early penalty if it's prior to age 59 and a half. Now, there's some rules that allow you to to take out money if it's for a first-time home purchase, but you're still going to pay taxes on the money. But remember, I said it's a retirement account. You're now using a retirement account for the job of buying a house. No, no, no. You should use savings to buy a house. In other words, house money to buy a house. Retirement for retirement. College for college. Where people get into trouble and where they make mistakes is you take out a second mortgage on your house to pay for your child's college. Right? Or, or you borrow from your retirement account or you withdraw from your IRAs to buy a car. That is not, that's why poor people are poor, guys. I mean, there's lots of reasons, and, but th- that's a big one. We're not understanding the value and the reason and the purpose of the money that, that we've put aside. They each have a different job to do. Okay, so this is a big part of our maturity. And you can learn this in your 40s, your 50s, your 60s. It's never too late. So a traditional K, a traditional 401k, you go to work, you make money, make 100,000, you put money to the side, you pay taxes on less. All right. Now, what about a Roth 401k? Now, it's relatively new to the story. Yeah, I'd say the last 10 years or so, maybe a little more. But a Roth 401k, you're not only going to enjoy tax-deferred growth while you're saving, but when you take it out under current law, you pay nothing in taxes. Now, why this is a big deal to you? Simple. I said under current law. The last budget President Obama submitted before he left office, because basically the way it works, 
president often submits a budget. Congress, you know, tears it apart, pluses and minuses, adds stuff, takes stuff away. And at the end, they come out with an agreement. Well, here's what happened. President Obama's last budget said, and we will now tax Roth IRAs. That's how I want to pay for all these programs. And now Americans said, whoa, 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 wait a second. When I say Americans, that's the Republicans in Congress. <laughs> they said, no, we're not going to tax Roth IRAs. So it was thrown out rather quickly. But had the same uh, political party been in, in Congress at the same time as the president, in other words, a Democrat president, Democrat Congress, chances are your Roth IRAs today would be taxable because that's what he submitted on his budget. That's what he wanted. So what is a Roth? Today you make 100000 You put in ten into 10000 into a 401k Roth and you do not pay taxes on that money ever again. But today you pay taxes on the full 100 There's no discount. It's not 90 like it would have been if it was a regular 401k. So if today you have discounts, if today you have young children at home, business write-offs, uh, rental property, um, house mortgage, whatever it might be that gives you enough write-offs, you're obviously going to check with your CPA. Right? You're going to check with the tax preparer, CPA, and say, hey, look, what if I diverted instead of my 401k, I did my Roth? What does that do to my taxes? And then you make a decision. Yes, I like the idea, or no, I don't. What you don't want to do is put the money in the Roth 401k, leave your tax withholdings the same, do everything the same, and then surprise during tax time, say, why do I owe a bunch of money? Because you might. So you want to ask your CPA, go through the formula. I love Roth 401ks. I think it's a perfect uh, part of the plan. Roth IRAs, perfect. There's limitations. You can only put in so much. So we use other tax-friendly vehicles But for now, the Roth 401k and Roth IRA are some of the better ones. Now, the employer gets to decide if you even have availability of a Roth. Yes, you can put it in or no, you can't. It's almost, it's very inexpensive. It's like basically a form. Maybe $100 or $500 change fee or something like that. Your employer goes in and says, okay, we didn't have a Roth provision before. Now I want a Roth provision. When I say Roth, it's R-O-T-H. Realize this. It was the last name of a senator who sponsored this bill in the 90s. Senator Roth. I'm not even sure where he's from. Let's see. see if I can find out. Right? Senator Roth said, hey, I've got an idea. If, uh, if you guys put my name on it, I will support it. William Roth. There it is. But what it does is this. It allows you guys a chance, me, a chance, to set money aside and not pay taxes until the day we, we uh, uh, retire, but only on the traditional. The Roth IRA, the Roth 401k, it's never going to be taxed again. Okay, so this matters a lot to you and me. I think you guys have to have this as a plan. Understand that the small state of Delaware, you know, we, we can... Forgive them for creating Joe Biden <laughs> and, and uh, instead Senator Roth, who was a, a fairly strong uh, leader, I guess. That's where it comes from. Okay, The Roth IRA, Roth 401k, it's a big part of your, your life. Here's the other part that, pretty, that is very important. When you leave your company or if you were asked to leave, 
furloughed or laid off, you can take your Roth 401k and roll it over into a Roth IRA, maintaining the tax-friendly or tax-free stuff forever. Forever. Under current law. I have to say that because it didn't, wasn't, we never had to say that before. And you know, when I brought it up, a lot of you guys went crazy, right? We've been doing radio shows for about uh, 15 years, 16 years, I guess. And people went nuts. I remember it was pretty incredible. They were like, what? What do you mean? I've been saving. They, they tricked me. I said, well, right now it's just the submission. Let's see what happens next. And of course, the Republican Congress shot it down. But, but it was a big deal. I don't see it changing anytime soon. But I do see regular tax brackets probably going up. I mean, that's just common sense. Right, we're at record billions. Nancy Pelosi never can say no to anything that's that's uh, doesn't have a dollar sign on it, especially if it's ice cream or refrigerators. Her deal is to always spend your money. By the way, right? You ever ask her, huh? Where where do you get your money from? All right, you guys are working hard for it. I appreciate it. We're going to be back in just a second. The total financial hour triple eight ninety nine retire. It works all week long, so give us a call tomorrow if you'd like or anytime. 888-997-3847. Stay with me and we'll return on the Total Financial Hour on AM870, The Answer. Learn about financial power, the Total Financial Hour. Now Arif has a plan for me. Financial security will help you live the life you dream. Learn about financial power. Hey, welcome back to the show, The Total Financial Hour, and I made 70 The Answer. I'm Arif Hallaby, your host. Not sure if I even said that the last half an hour. Arif Hallaby, your host, the singer, you know, uh, Jimmy Carnelli, uh, an amazing voice, by the way. If you ever want to hear, I think, somebody who does Frank, Frank Sinatra, I want to say better than Frank Sinatra, that's not possible, but almost as good, Jimmy Carnelli, great singer and a, and a great drummer, too, by the way. Hey, folks, so I want to go over a couple of things with you. Uh, the income planning, like what would you do if you came to our office? What is it that we specialize in or focus on? I don't know the right word to, to, to make it come across to you is this is what we do. Right? When I've talked to you before about, hey, should I go out and get my brakes fixed by the same guy who does my transmission? The answer is no. I, I mean, do I have to tell you that? Do I have to tell you something like, hey, yeah, you know what I think you should do is, by the way, while you're there, ask him if he could uh, put new tires on and, uh, you know, fill a root canal. Like what? Well, yeah, asking somebody who fixes brakes, transmission, those are all different jobs. What's the difference between something like, oh, I don't know, a root canal or or working on your, you know, your uh, physical therapy for your knee? I mean, you got to realize, guys. People that focus that are experts in something, that's who you want to work with. You don't want to work with people that are uh, new, right? At least not with the life savings. You want to give them something to try. You want to be helpful. That's fine. A brother-in-law, a nephew, whatever. But this is your life savings. So deal with somebody who knows what they're doing so that the safety and protection of what you have, which is your life savings, is done. Okay? Pretty important. So here's where, where I want to focus. You've built your life savings, you've saved it, and you've created a few ideas. Like, I have a pile of money, maybe I have a rental property, maybe I have a pension. What do I do? What do I do next? What do I do 
with this money? All right. So I'm going to lay out to you what I think, which are basically three different jobs for the money to do. <clears throat> because remember, everything about your money is what's the purpose of it? What's the job? Because when you're working, you think your job is just to accumulate a big bunch of cash. And maybe that is. And now you have a million dollars or, or 500000 or $2 million, whatever. You have that sitting in your account. And then you say, now what do I do with it? Well, now what you do with it is you have to switch gears. You have to say, I've spent this whole time saving up money. And now the job of the money is today. Maybe you were forced to retire a little earlier than you thought. Maybe you were forced into, quote, early retirement because of the, of the virus deal. Right. The reaction to the virus has really spiraled a lot of institutions, California and United States institutions, out of whack here. So so don't be surprised if it takes a while to put things back in in kilter. All right. So here's where I'm going with it. Consider this for a minute in your formula. Right. In what you're trying to do, you say, I have a, a chunk of money. How do I create this money to have a job to you? So, number one, I think today or the day you retire, for example, and five years. There's a lot of, thing of things about that first five years of retirement. Number one, I don't want you to accumulate any long-term debt. So think about it. If you go out and you buy an RV that's $1,500 a month for the next 20 years, you have to be able to pay for that for the next 20 years. Now, if you say, Eric, I'm getting low interest rate, I have my money sitting over here. I'm making higher interest. I'm just arbitraging it, right? I'm, I'm, buying, I'm, I'm getting the difference, the delta. All right, cool. Great idea. Nice. But if you are counting on your sources of income to continue to come in so that your $1,500 RV payment continues to happen, then we need to really make sure that that continues to happen because the last thing you want to do is be on the hook to pay for an old RV, because you're going to have to look at yourself and say, with an RV like this, am I willing to pay $1,500 for it? Right? That's 20 years old. Find a 20-year-old RV and say, am I willing to pay $1,500 a month for this 20-year-old RV? And you might say, well, of course not. That's the price of a new one. Well, not if you're going to keep this for 20 years. <laughs> in 20 years, it will be an old one. There's, there's a process that goes in mathematically, emotionally, but those first five years, how are you spending your money? You might say, I don't care. I'm going to buy whatever. All right, fine. If you have enough money, I don't care. Do it. Do it. What I don't want you to do is to obligate future retirement income money for short-term depreciated debt. Okay, I'm going to repeat it. I don't want you to allocate future retirement income money for current depreciated debt. Because it can run you into a place to where you've spent all of your money. You're 72 years old. You're still reasonably healthy. And we go, whoa, 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 wait a second. How are we going to retire? I, I've stopped working. They've changed, changed software uh, systems, computer systems, whatever. I can't go back to work. I don't know anybody there anymore. Uh, the skill set has changed. The job has changed. I'm only worth minimum wage, even though I was making 150000 a year. Now I'm worth, you know, $15 an hour because I don't have skills anymore. I've been out of the workforce for 10 years. So the time when you might need it the most might be 10 years plus from today. So those first five years, it's about your habits, lifestyle. 
And believe it or not, it's about your purpose. I don't want you to go from 100 miles an hour down to zero because that's what people do. They retire, they're working really hard, and they stop. And then they sit around the house and they argue and they get nitpicky, especially if there's been a stay-at-home spouse before. That stay-at-home spouse, she, she in, in most cases, she had a routine. And it didn't include you going, so what are we going to do today? What are we going to I'm hungry. Can I have a lunch? What are we going to do? <laughs> and, or the loud TV or whatever it is, the baseball game, whatever it is that, that uh, wasn't happening the day before you retired and now it is. You need something to do, a purpose. It might be volunteering at the golf course. It might be the tennis club. It could be for, for organizations or your church or charity. There's a lot of things you can do volunteer-wise, time-wise, may not be financially rewarding. So here's what we do. You build the accounts to provide a lifetime of income so that you can enjoy travel if that's what you want to do, whether it's across the United States, whether you're renting an RV for two weeks or two months, and then you come back and you hand over the keys and it's over. It's an expense, right? You wouldn't borrow money to eat dinner tonight, right? You wouldn't borrow money and say, I'm going to pay off tonight's dinner over the next five years, 10 years. Okay, why? Because you have the cash, you're better, and you're paying. So be very careful if it's a consumable, depreciated type debt. And we've, we've bought that thing and we've locked it down and we now have a lifetime of paying for somebody else to, to enjoy it. So you and your family can still have a, a reasonably good financial life without worrying about purpose because that has to be created ahead of time. So here's how we do it. A couple of years before retirement, at least maybe five years. If you are somebody that's going to leave California and increasingly that's a greater number, then I want you to take many vacations to wherever you'd like to live. Meet the people. We had a client that retired to Hawaii. They would go over there back and forth, back and forth, rent a little condo. And then when the time came for them to retire there, they retired there and, and came back and forth. But by the time they, quote, lived there full time, they already had established a great group of friends. They knew which side of the island to live on, what area to shop, how to navigate, because they had spent a lot of part-time kind of mini vacations there leading up to the full retirement. So you're going to be in the same class, whether you're retiring out of state or out of the country. So you're going to practice. It's called mini retirements, practice. As you do that mini retirement and that practice, here's what's important. You're going to get a lay of the land. You're going to say, what side of the street do I want to live on? What part of the neighborhood are my doctors and the church and the charities and the organizations and the recreation? Where am I going to spend my time? So that you buy that side of town. You buy away from the traffic. Meaning, if you were to say, Oh, I'm going to uh, spend all my days. I love everything. My doctors, my recreation, everything is in Santa Monica. But instead, you bought a house in Sherman Oaks. How difficult is it to get over the hill every single day just to do something? Right? You might as well bought on the west side because that's where you're spending your time. So wherever you're going to retire, just make sure you're in the right side of, of the neighborhood so that you're not crisscrossing traffic in a, at wrong patterns. It sounds so simple. But I can tell you numerous times, the reason 24 and a half years of doing this financial stuff, right? 24 plus years, it's simple. 
It's because of experience, right? I've had countless people, yourselves, others, that have shared what they've done right and wrong. We've coached, we've helped. And so this is part of the uh, life of wisdom and experience to now share back with you. Okay. Here's another part that really matters when I say practicing retirement and getting through this and then the purpose of money. So the first five years, you're going to work on the practice of, of learning about you know, what you're going to do in your purpose. But you are retired. But from five years to 10 years, you may be spending more time closer to home. Maybe your kids are going to start having grand, uh, you know, children, so you're going to have grandkids. Maybe you are in a position now to say, how do I go through and uh, create legacy? Maybe you're going to want to volunteer on certain boards or organizations where you're going to have a financial commitment that al- allows you to have a purpose, a legacy, and also an impact. You see, there's one thing to just have your name on the side of whatever. There's another to have an impact. You know, everybody runs around and they talk about greedy capitalists and, you know, our AOC jokes of the world, right? And, and yet she, she's happy to go to a hospital when she's sick that some billionaire put his name or her name on the top. Or to, you know, the Met, Metropolitan. She's willing to go to the Met and and not understand that part of that was paid for by volunteer donations by millionaires and billionaires. The same people that Bernie Sanders really dislikes who have sponsored wings of children's hospitals. So I, I think part of this is you can decide whether you want to put your name on the side of a hospital and be that dramatic or you're just going to mentor and tutor one young man or young woman from, from the Boys and Girls Club, right? These organizations will allow you to create a legacy. It's like shooting an arrow into the future. We're not sure where it's going to land, but you better point it the right way. You better get some experience and get some momentum behind that. So I don't think you should spend the next five years, right, between five and 10, just sitting around. I think there's a, a place for you. Maybe it's one day a week. But our specialty is making sure that the income never ends. Our specialty is using fixed and fixed indexed annuities and uh, CDs from banks and, and credit unions where you set those up on your own there. But they're part of the formula, right? It allows us to to account for it. But these are all have one thing in common. Very simple. You never lose your principal and you never lose any interest. And with us, eh, you're going to make between zero and ten maybe 0 and 12% every year. Make more than that. It's a surprise. It could happen, but not common. But you never lose. You never go below zero. And really, your average rate of return, because we've protected it and we've focused on safety, your average rate of return is going to be 3 to 6%, 3, 4, 5, 6 on average. Sometimes more, sometimes less, but really that's the average. This is important for you to build predictability. Because as you're saving, the last thing you want is unpredictable retirement accounts, right? Can you imagine? Hey, good news. Open the envelope. What are you going to have this month? Surprise. It's $14 from Social Security. How do you plan for that? Right? You wouldn't want that unpredictability. You wouldn't want the kind of movement that the stock market does to reflect inside of your account. 
Because when the market's down and you're selling more shares in order to get dollars, because you can't take shares to the grocery store, you have to take dollars. So how do you do that? How do you take those dollars to the grocery store and not run out of money? Very simply, don't sell when everything's cheap because now you have to sell more shares to get the same amount of dollars. So we have a way of doing it. It's very simple. We use products and services that just never go backwards. It's just it's a lot simpler than what people think, right? You guys are, are, have to look at this and say, how do I create a lifetime of income Lifetime of guarantees, reasonable rates of return, a legacy, uh, an ability to pass on money to your children or grandchildren. Right? Where is it that you can come into numerous sources of, of uh, sources of income where they are non-correlated? I don't want to get too complicated, but think of it like this. When the real estate market's down, maybe the stock market's up. When uh, gold is up and, and the stocks are down or whatever. So, so in other words, it's not tied together. We want a non-correlated approach. And so we'll use things like life insurance or fixed indexed annuities or CDs at banks, or say, right? They're non-correlated. Does your, does your money leave the savings account at a credit union when the stock market goes down? Of course not. When the stock market goes up, does your checking account earn more money? Nope. Right? Those are non-correlated assets. One doesn't have a whole lot to do with the other. So you and your family need to kind of focus on two things. How do you build lifetime income? How do you build an income stream that never runs out of money? And how do you have a purpose that lives beyond your life? Now, maybe you don't care. Maybe you say, listen, when I die, it's over. What I care about is my children or what I care about are my grandchildren then that's what the focus would be, right? That's where the, the, the idea of legacy and a difference, because here's what matters more than anything. Once you pass away, it's like the music stops, like musical chairs, right? You hear music, people walking around the chairs, walking around the chairs. The music stops. It's wherever you are. Find a seat, don't find a seat. Win, don't win. When you pass away, if you don't have a living trust, if you don't have the proper accounts, if you don't have the proper tax uh, counseling, all of those things in place, it's over. There's no second choice. There's no like, hey, I've got an idea. Let me change things around a little bit. There's nothing else you can do. It's over. The story's done. So I want you to have multiple sources of income, multiple ways to leave a legacy. And so this happens, happens a lot when we're looking at using life insurance, IRAs, different sources of, of revenue, rental properties, right? You might already have a great financial advisor that's wonderful at risk, right? You have a great person who does transmissions. We do breaks. Oh, Eric, I, I never needed my breaks fixed. They were factory breaks. That's right. You didn't. But now you're retired or going to be retired in the next few years. Now you need to focus on somebody who understands how to fix brakes. Let the guy keep doing the transmission. That's good. For half. I don't know. Whatever. You pick the number. 25%. However much you want to keep at risk, you found a good person. Let them do that. Don't ever expect them to be good at everything else. In fact, don't expect them to be great at everything else. That's not their job. You don't want somebody who's good at everything. I want somebody who's great at one or two things. There's a reason that the heart surgeon and the brain surgeon makes more money than a family practice doctor. 
They both wear white coats. They both are called doctors. Right? If you met them, you wouldn't doctor, doctor. You don't know you don't know any different. But why does one make ten times more than the other? It's simple. Really? And straightforward. One is a specialist. You don't go to your heart surgeon and say, you know, I think I twisted my ankle. Is there something you can do for that? Can you take a look and see orthopedic-wise? He would say, wow, yep, I remember that class. Looks like you might have a twisted ankle. Go see a specialist, an orthopedic expert. All right, I beat this up enough, but I want you to really focus on it because so many times you guys come to my office and you'll talk about things and I'll say, wait wait a second, that person's an expert in real estate. I, I don't know what they're doing about your retirement income from your 401k. I mean, these are two different worlds, right? So, so there's different things that we can do. We're doing video conferencing, of course, now, telephone meetings, of course. And we have various video uh, mediums, whether it's FaceTime or Skype or Zoom or we have a few different ones. Okay, so you're welcome to, uh, to give us a call at 888-99-RETIRE. Let me give you the phone number again. Because we can have appointments made with you perfectly done, 888-997-3847. 888-99-RETIRE, 888-99-RETIRE. The other day a lady said, oh, Eric, that there's an extra E when I dial, it doesn't, it's okay. The, the company, the, the phone company knows not to take that seriously. That last E is a joke, according to them. They don't, they don't take it as a serious issue. So what are we looking at? We're looking at building a retirement lifetime income stream that never goes away. We're looking at building numerous sources of income so that you and your families are not ever worried about what's happening to the market. And we want to have numerous types of uh, built-in systems where even if one of you passes away, we don't lose the rest of it. Yesterday, a gentleman, or a couple days ago, a gentleman came into the office, said this, Hey, Arif, here's my pension. And it was from a, a big carrier. Here's my pension. Should I choose the higher one, where I keep 100%, my wife gets nothing, or the lower one, where I get 75% and my wife gets 50%? Right, there's a formula. So, well, let's take a look at the other sources of income, and then you can decide. So we looked. They had a million dollars in retirement accounts. They had money set aside here. They had one rental property. I said, well, it looks like you could take the higher number and you buy a life insurance policy. So when you die, your wife's tax bracket will double if you die first. Because now she's not married filing jointly. She's single. So the tax bracket doubles. So we looked at an idea of taking some of that retirement money, that pension, and building that into a life insurance policy. So now his wife gets one tax-free check for the rest of her life. She has tax-free money coming from that side. And yet the pension no longer comes in, so you have to consider that. But that still leaves them a million dollars in cash. So there are ways and reasons why you should have many sources of income. It's not just in case one runs out, but it's also the taxation of the dollars, right? Remember, the system is set up to where married people have a lower tax bracket, if you will, on the same dollar than if you're, than if you're single. Because the, the common sense is two people are living on the same money, right? If I make 100000 a year 
and my wife doesn't work and I make a hundred, it's really fifty thousand for each of us. I mean, I know that a house is a house and when you flip a light switch, it doesn't care how many people are in the room, it still lights up the room. So I get it. But that's not the way the IRS and the U.S. government sees it. They look at it and they say, all right, we're creating a system to where if a husband and wife are there, eh, taxes are lower. So you have to look at it and say, how do I create so that when I pass away, either you don't end up with a huge tax bill? And we've seen it. People come along and say, okay, okay, Arif, what, what happened? Now, here's what takes place. Sometimes, in fact, a, a CPA for a client did this. I'll leave this as a last tip for you. Uh, sometimes when, when somebody passes away, the CPA has recommended, hey, why don't you convert? So why don't you create a little bit more taxes this year because you're in a lower tax bracket? So kind of adjusting things. So you have the first the rest of the calendar year. So if somebody passes away in May, you have until December to still treat the rest of the year's income as if you were married filing jointly. So these are in things that you can walk through. These are things that you can kind of work on and if I think importantly, share with your spouse. Look and see what are important, what's important. And look and see what matters to you and your family. Because sometimes the answer is not lifetime income. Sometimes the answer is, I just want to spend it all and make sure my kids get nothing. Because we're leaving them the house or we're leaving them the rental property. Okay, so sometimes you have to look and see where are we going? What's the next step? All right, guys, hey, let me give you one more time. 888-99-RETIRE. 888-99-RETIRE. All right, here's where it matters. You and I can sit down together. We can go over some of the financial stuff. If we can help you, that's great. There's no monthly fee. There's no quarterly fee. Nothing to charge. The companies pay us. And we disclose that to you. That's important you know that. All right, thanks for being with me, guys. 888-99-RETIRE, 888-997-3847. I'm Eric Hallaby on the Total Financial Hour on AM870, The Answer. Learn about financial power. Oh, my God.